It's 6 a.m. Rise and shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Wednesday to you, and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out here on a Wednesday edition. Booner, welcome in. Always fun talking and having you in here. Uh, Man, half the week's gone, man. Hump day is upon us, and uh, some more sports to talk about right here. These are topics we absolutely have to dive in uh... Listeners are going to love these. Hopefully our take will not let the listeners down. Well, uh, what is it we say? We don't promise to be perfect. Uh, We just promise to give an opinion, an honest opinion, honest opinion, that is. But uh, kind of the two topics we're going to grind on here for the most part of the show is the yesterday, 23, I think, colleges in the state of California at all all levels uh, announced their, their intentions to stay online through the fall. Uh, Again, all the way from San Jose State, San Diego State, and Fresno State, uh, all the way down to to smaller schools. So uh, it's called, the I think, the California Educational Alliance is what they kind of run under. But this is a big move. Uh, This is the first domino in the the grand scheme of, of, of scheduling conflicts, in the grand scheme of of what it looks like athletically out there. And, and Boone, what what does that say? A, a lot of people on social media, and, and, and I kind of tend to be in their camp, how do they have enough information to make that decision March the 12th? It says I'm selling, but old Booner here says I'm not buying. I, you look at it, Wayne, on it, it's, it's totally amazing. Uh, I was reading all these different articles, and one of the popular comments is we absolutely have to make this decision as early as possible. Our staff needs a lot of time to prepare. We have to prepare the students for their online learning. Um, I wonder if they're going to have online pricing. Just a question. I think I counted the days. It's like 110 days. I honestly think, Wayno, it's it's uh, the filtering down of certain beliefs. Our nation's divided, and a, a large group of people are saying we have to create a little bit of fear, a little bit of uh, panic, and a lot of this stems from also, Wayno, um, the month of March, they lost so much money. Of course, they had to refund the students' money on housing, refund the uh, students' money on food and that type of thing. And I'm of the school where my big deal, I saw where they wanted uh, $3 trillion, and a bunch of it was going to pay for these poor little college kids' education. I'm of the school where I've got a big, big problem of trying to educate my own family and keep food on the table but when they're throwing these dire situations out there and they're demanding tax dollars it's essentially saying all the taxpayers have to pay 
for these kids' college education. Am I wrong to say that? Well, here's the thing. I, I think they're not having any concessions to what, what the university can give up. Again, I understand there's overhead. I understand teachers cost money. I understand facilities need, you know, upkeep, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, where, where's the rubber meet the road? I, I'm okay with covering some of that because, again, uh, those are government-funded institutions. So the money's there anyway. It's just, is it to that level? So I, I think that bridge has to be there. Uh, we've got to understand what's necessary and then what's requested because a lot of times that's not the same thing. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm not in, in tune of – it's just like all this stimulus stuff, this extra money per month on a lot of different things. I get not allowing them to dip below where they were, you know, keep their standard of living. But I know people that's making hundreds of dollars more per month than what they were actually working. Makes it hard to recover an economy when you're making more sitting at the house. I just, I just know me, me personally, if I can make the same money sitting at the house or talking on this radio, we're going to do that. You know that's that's just the that's just the dynamic we live in. So no, I, I guess I'm 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 a tweener on this conversation. Is because no, I don't think that that we should pay for their college because that wasn't the plan before this. So why should it be the plan now, right? But at the same rate, um, what is government funded should stay government funded. You know because again we can't we can't come out of this pandemic with a third of the colleges that we had because some of the smaller ones or some of the ones that that were not fully funded, uh, they go under. So I think there's a certain bit of requirement uh, to keep the infrastructure, but as far as to, to to clear all this debt, because we wouldn't have done that had the pandemic not came. So that if that 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 wasn't in the plan, so why why should we uh, heap up a bunch of debt to do so? So I was I was amazed, Wayno, at the profits. What do you mean? That they clearly are gifted more than you and you and I are, they announce the future and well, that's nice. there's going to like be Miss Cleo on a whole nother level. Yeah. I don't, I don't know <laughs> if they have a seance and they put their hands together, but it's cards. It's cards. They read the cards. They're, they're going to, they have announced and it is the word from above. We will have a second wave of this and it's so bad. Uh, they, they've planned everything like, like the draft, you know, virtual and, uh, they have to make sure the kids have the computers. I don't think you jump out there this early and just announce, oh, it's a done deal. The second wave well, is going to hit. And maybe, maybe, uh, again, I think that's another one of those in preparation because, unfortunately, and, and again, have I went to places? Absolutely. But, unfortunately, I, I don't know what your opinion is. But I, I just don't know. Even though there was some curve flattening, there was some level of shutdown, and you couldn't go all the places you could before, there was still open stores. It just was concentrated. Did you try to go to Lowe's while everything was shut down? Or Home Depot? or I went to Walmart, and the kid was there with the computer, and he said 1153 is the magic number. I said, what do you mean? He said, we took the total square footage of the store and divided it by six feet. Yeah, that, that's not what I'm talking about. Here's the thing. Yeah, that, that was good, but I'm just saying that that was as, as good. It was as good as whoever was hitting that add one button. Having that number is good, but but if you're not hitting it every time somebody walks in, that's that's a different story. Every store I went in, at some point or another, they either didn't look at me, didn't click it, 
or there wasn't anybody there when I walked in. So all of that's mute to me. Like that has zero value. So you're saying you slip by. What I'm saying is, is okay, what this is, this is a, a tactic to say, listen, it's still one of those situations to where uh, there's issues. Uh, because to me, it almost concentrated the people more. You talk about six feet, you talk about social distancing. When Walmart, Lowe's, Home Depot, Rural King are the only ones open, that's where everybody's at. Everybody. And and like I said, you couldn't get in Lowe's parking lot there for a while. You'd park you'd park twenty rows down because there just wasn't any place to go. So to me, I, I think some of this announcing the second wave is more on the the here's the deal. You guys get back out and act crazy and don't do what we ask you to do. This stuff will flare back up. So I think they're 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 anticipating non compliance is what this second wave is telling me. But but what I'm saying is, and again, we're not the CDC, and that's not what this topic's to be about. It's to be about California schools announced they're not going to have fall classes. How does that impact the trajectory of the rest of their conferences as well as the rest of the country? Because Fresno State, San Diego State, uh, you know, Cal State, Fullerton, all those places, which, again, that would be more of a spring level. But all of these schools play Power 5 schools. All these schools, some of them play in Power 5 conferences. So that's just another caveat that once anything is made, anything is made, uh, we've got to understand what that looks like. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if San Jose State's not in the mix – those 12 opponents they had have to find something else to do that week or are they going to are they going to forfeit or or how does that work in in the grand scheme of of seeding and different things like that because if we play ball if we play there has to be some level of of equal opportunity to get to a championship right so what i'm saying is is say in Oregon i'm just putting it out there i haven't looked at San Jose San Diego any of their 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 schedules right but you look at them, say an Oregon plays both of them. Say Oregon plays San Diego State and San Jose State and maybe even Fresno State. Triple hit. They win all the games. They don't play those three. And a, I don't know, let's just use Alabama because it seems to be a good fit. Alabama, the only three games they missed was to their, uh, their non-conference. So they played all their conference games, no big deal. They just missed maybe one or two. A non-conference, same undefeated record, possibly same results, uh, but it's a different look. So I think, and, and I know Mark Emmert, the NCAA guy, he said, you know, there's there's not going to be a, there's not, it's going to be decided at the conference and at the state level. But I feel like that that's all well and good, but you've got, it has to correspond somehow across the play. You can't have Pac-12 schools playing an eight-game schedule and Southeastern Conference schools playing a 12-game schedule. just well, doesn't work. The the words were coming out of both sides of their mouth. They well, said – they said uh, weird. It looks weird to talk out of one. We, we are not going to start uh, the fall quarter. Now, there's, they went ahead and said some kids have to have labs. So, I mean, you're not going to do online with the lab. you got to be in there <laughs> yeah, and get it weird. done. I blew up my kitchen. I don't really know what happened. Yeah, help me out here. Uh, so they're going to do the the virtual classes there online, but but then the, they said the big deal is we're not going to threaten the college kids' safety. 
And then at the end of the sentence, they said, but we are going to compete for national championships. That's just saying things that need to be said, acting like you figured it out. Wayno, you and I are at work. I'm I'm not kidding. We, We made a decision, had to be done in five minutes. The factors changed. And 10, 15 minutes later, later we went the different direction. And then... Uh, due to some complications, we went back another way. The point I'm making is we're living in the real world. We're in there a few days, and we, we'll even say it in the startup meeting. Uh, we're not going to make major choices and announcements that project six minutes into the future because we're smart enough to know we can't tell the future. Well, now, and, I, and I think this situation is so fluid. I think they there would be no problem if they canceled summer classes. I understand that. You know, that that's the next month. That's the next couple of weeks. You kind of know the confidence level you have in that window of time, right? You can go week to week. You can maybe even go out a month. But to say fall is canceled, I think it's just a it, – it's, it's a little hasty maybe is the best way to put it. Because if you look at it, all the science says – that heat is a uh, is a combatant to this virus. Well, what it, what happens in California in the summer? Blazing hot. And so my my thing is, I mean, I guess there's some cool parts of the state, but my thing is, is I understand you know wanting to be precautious, but there's another thing when you 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 kind of you cripple a system uh, because of 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 just. I don't know. I don't want to say precaution because I feel like there's a level of precaution and then there's a level of, I just don't want to deal with it anymore. Let's just go ahead and cancel it. I truly believe they are hoping. Now, this lady who's the chair of all these uh, CACC colleges, she's the big dog, the decision maker. I think their entitlement idea is we're going to jump out here and say this, and it's going to sound so important, and we're a pioneer, and everyone's going to follow us. But that's not the way it's going to work out. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't believe that. I mean, I because you you look across the country. If you look at one of those, I call it those thermal graphs. You know, where where it shows where the the virus is hot. And yeah, where the it's hot not, spots and where it's not. I mean, you look. California is one of those. I mean, California has a a, a different level of infestation, if you will. Uh, New York's very heavy. Of course, the metropolitan areas are going to have higher volumes because there's just more people there. But if you look at the grand scheme of the country, uh, the curve is flattened somewhat. You know what I'm saying? It is it is is to a point to where I, La- I think last week it was 21.5 yeah. and it dropped to 10 percent. That was week 17, and then this week in uh, week 18 it dropped to 10 percent. Well, here's my thing. It is flattening, isn't it? Yeah. Here's my thing. If they'd have said this like a month ago. We're not going to have classes till the spring. I almost would have respected it more. You know what I'm saying? Because the the volume was so volatile uh, that you, uh, you you know you you really couldn't couldn't consciously say yes to the the answer. But what you're just saying, if you look over week by week data, it is it's showing a decline in new cases, a, a decline in 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 all of those negative categories, and an incline in recoveries an incline in people with those antibodies because, uh, again, that, that is a, a positive side effect, if there is one, of this situation is we're, we're getting more antibodies out in, into, the, 
into the population. So, with that being said, uh, I guess my, my question is, and, and kind of the reason I wanted to bring this up from a conversation standpoint, was where do, do, does everybody else kind of stay paused and, and just continue on their trajectory and kind of understand, do you have one of these Cal State uh, alliance or whatever schools in your in your in your schedule and you kind of plan them out or do does this knee jerk the country and do you see other like the ivy leagues or or other smaller divisions or things go ahead and make some calls that uh, i don't want to say is unwarranted because they've probably got teams together that i don't but at the same rate i feel like is a hasty decision given the, the trajectory we've seen over the last three or four weeks? It's not going to be knee-jerk. Uh, everyone's going to have their eyes open. They're going to be looking around the country. Wayno, well, he, here's some numbers that might support that statement. It's not going to be knee-jerk. There are nine states, 37,445 deaths. California, almost 2,000. These are all uh, – Democratic states, Illinois, 1,700, Massachusetts, 3,500. You talked about New York City, 14,000 deaths. New York, 6,600. All right, here's some other states. Say they play uh, one of these schools. Um, Here is seven states. Now, remember, the other one was right at 38,000. Pneumonia deaths, there were 76,000. But we're freaking out over that thirty-seven. So, so here's a question, and here's just an idea, Boone. It, and and again, this is sports related, and I understand there's bigger things to bigger fish to fry. But I would be interested. You look at, at states like Montana, Colorado, et cetera, et cetera. Right? You you know, Montana had fifteen deaths. Yeah. So you know, if I was California, what I'd do about the month of July, I'd move my whole team to Colorado or Montana. You know why? It's not a hot spot. Well, give them two weeks. They're clear. The The possible impact's very low, and you just don't play games at home. You know what I'm saying? You go you go to these schools or you go to these locations to where uh, games aren't, you know, it's not as hotbed. And then, like I said, you know, maybe you share a stadium uh, with, a, with a Montana State or, or what have you. I, I don't know. I think there's creative ways to get this thing done to, to where you can go to a – a lowly uh, involved, low population area, and and make this thing work because just canceling it's just an easy button that that I don't think should be available at this point. I don't think people are well informed. Well, I, I don't think yeah. people know that Arkansas only has fifty one deaths, Hawaii only has eleven, Montana fifteen, South Dakota twenty one, North well, Carolina twenty two. Isn't West Virginia very low too? West Virginia's only got twenty five. North Dakota's only got 16. You add all seven of those states together, there's only... Well, by population, that's probably still 10%, boom. 6,083 deaths. You just let that You just let that go, didn't you? By population? <laughs> well, You said 16 deaths in West Virginia. I said that's probably still 10%. It, it's a lot of it, though, is, is people's behavior and, and whether they're willing to do certain things or, or whether they're directly rebelling to increase the numbers. Boone's serious this morning. Boone is not interested in my jokes. Boone is not. Coffee number one. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I thought that was a really funny joke. So let's let's go on the record here. Uh, You'll get it on the replay. It's fine. 
it, I say it's going to be a knee jerk, and it, it's just totally foolish. It's insane. Why in the world would you go down there? I I think they could. I, I think they can come out of this. I think they're saying this now for planning purposes. I, I'm being very optimistic, and and you know that's that's not always my my lean, right? So I'm going to be cautiously optimistic. I think these people are saying right now, if you make me make a decision, we're not having classes in the fall. Plan accordingly, and we'll reevaluate as as. Well, the instructors are saying second. we don't have enough tools, we don't have enough software, and we don't have enough new skills. We have to know right now so we can prepare these hybrid courses. Well, that's a good point. But I've taught classes where I had uh, two- and three-day notice. I'm just saying, get ahead I, and stay ahead. I'm just saying, I taught I taught a, a, a five and seven year old for about a month and a half on no notice, <laughs> on like I'm going to send you every day, like the morning of. That's when I'm going to get your you're going to get what you need to show him today. And uh, Boone, I just that was uh, self esteem was at an all time low because I figured out, uh, are you smarter than a fifth grader? I ain't even there yet. I'm I'm trying to figure out if I'm as smart as a seven year old. So we had anyway. a, we had a good day that day. We did the uh, Are you smart as a fifth grader? Yeah, I know. Well, Boone knew a lot of the answers. Wayne was hey. Together angry. we missed one of them. Yeah, two or two agree. I get it. Hey Boone, let's get to a break. I, I feel like Cal State has has got the temperature up a little bit. We're gonna cool off here at the break. Listen to these fine sponsors. When we come back, Jared Garantano puts out a, a hype video yesterday that. Albeit cool, shows a lot of good technique. What does it mean, and who's he trying to prove it to? We'll talk about that on the flip side of the break. What that looks like, you're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948. Or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. The Blunt Partnership is committed to leading the Blunt County business community through this coronavirus outbreak. We will continue to be a resource for all businesses, as well as supplying up-to-date information for our community. Please check out our website for updated information at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Your local Blount County Community Food Connection is still open serving local families in time of need and hardship. 
We provide prepackaged groceries to help meet your nutritional and dietary needs. The Community Food Connection is open Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 10 a.m. until noon for drive-up delivery only. Residents are asked to remain in their vehicle so that our volunteers may safely distribute the food. Directions as to how to enter and depart the facility will be clearly displayed. We thank you for your cooperation and look forward to serving you at your Blunt County Community Food Connection. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blunt County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online, 42sd.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007, or online at 42sd.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. Got golf? iguanifarmsgolf.com 970-7132 This is Wayne and let me start by saying thanks for listening and I hope you like what we're grinding on today and what we like to call the fastest hour here in Blunt County but we wanted to take a minute to let you know how you can join in give your take on today's topics you can give us a call Grind Time Hotline 865-983-4310 that's 865-983-4310 but if you don't have time or you're on that morning grind, give us a message on our website, thegrindonsports.com. You can drop a comment, leave a message, and we'll get your opinion on the air. I look forward to hearing from you. And as always, thanks for putting the grind on your mind. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out here on a Wednesday edition. Boone, uh, a little bit of a hype video. I'll let you kind of watch it again there at the break. JG comes out and has a uh, throws a hype video out there that has the, uh, the uh, uh, what's his name, Conor McGregor. I don't know why that that name slipped me for a minute. Conor McGregor, when he uh, when he won the, one of his fights, and he said, "I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize to absolutely no one," and and that's how the video starts. And then it's JG doing some footwork and and kind of delivering some some good balls, and and then all I mean, it's all really kind of monochromatic and like. Uh, kind of saying he he's coming, he he's ready to go, and honestly, looks like he's coming back from the from the kitchen table. Old boys put on about fifteen. Fans are God. They're they're going to be surprised. Uh, you talking about a moon pie face? He his thighs <laughs> moon pie face. His thighs actually have a little bit of thickness to them. Maybe he got tired of just getting broken in half the first two years, and 
So I think I think the understanding's been, and he's gained a little weight every year. I I, I don't want to say that he came in as a as a really a beanpole. I remember uh, when he was being recruited that that his senior year in high school, I saw him in the vol shop because he of course had the big button, you know, recruit da da da, and he's a big tall kid. And I see him, and I'm like, that's that kid from Jersey. And I I'll be honest with you, I didn't know if he was getting recruited for basketball or football because he was just lanky. He was he was big tall dude, but you know. I knew who he was, but I'm just like, wow, that's that's he's gonna need some meat on him because he's gonna be playing in the Southeastern Conference. Well, he came in as a dual threat. That tried to work and then he got kind of broken up. And and so I think over the last couple years he's really taken some big strides in and one being stronger. Uh one because his limitations as a runner have have kind of shown over the last few years. He wants to throw first. So I think he even over even over this summer. I don't know if pandemic has put the pounds on him or if it's been a, a planned addition, but I think as a bigger body quarterback, as long as he doesn't lose any arm strength or accuracy or maybe gains a little bit, maybe we need him to to balance that a little bit. Um, I think it could be very strong, but but I guess the timing of the drop is really interesting to me because, uh, you know, of course, uh, what'd you call him? I, I don't, I don't want to take this away from you because it's funny. What'd you call that new four-star quarterback? Uh, Salter Pepper. Salter Pepper. I, I mean, that's 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 classic. So talking about Salter, the four-star quarterback, dual-threat guy that that committed there for the twenty-one class, which, in my opinion, has really no impact on JG because JG's coming in uh, to his senior year. So I mean, even if this kid comes in, he's a phenom. It's really not impacting uh, JG. So we apparently really have established six as an important number to really get some quarterback competition. We'll have six in 2020 and six in 2021. Yeah, I, I think I, – but I do – I honestly believe you're going to see a couple of these guys transition to wide receiver. I think it's going to be a Jawan Jennings situation. I, Jimmy I, Holiday, the well, dual he's a, threat quarterback and, quote, athlete. And he's a little burner, yeah. There's there's another kid that I think could, could kind of slot out there, probably even that transfer from Maryland. Uh, I think you could probably see him kind of be a little trick play guy. Kasim uh, Hill. Yeah. So, I, to me, I think you see some of those guys transition, uh, whether it's this year or next. But I guess speaking to the video, is this is this a what? Who is this appointed at? Is this just a kind of look fresh, look hot, let people see you kind of doing your work, or is this a? Everybody's talking about Harrison Bailey. Everybody's talking about these big young bucks that's coming in here. But this is still my place to be. It it's I think he's psychological enough that he's getting a little he he's uh he's feeling the the weight of of this being a big quarterback room. It comes out defensive the the first remark. No regrets. Uh apologize to no one. I mean, it took 4 years to get yanked. Mr. Mauer comes in and then Mauer's like, "Up, oh, I'm going to get hurt here." Then they put in JT Shrout. The bottom line is J.G. played in every game, and uh, he actually finished all the games during that winning streak we're in. But we know two things. Key point, finish, didn't start. He is not 100% permanently safe as far as our starter. I think he's looking over, uh, looking behind him at that leading passer in Georgia history, 69.4% for Bailey. Threw for 4,300 yards. Not a bad ratio, Wayne. And you got 44 touchdowns and only nine picks. And the big thing about him is 
he can make all the throws. He can put zip on it and uh, touch on it. The mobility and the pocket presence is where he has a little bit of an edge. I wonder, do you think it's going to take four year, uh, four games to uh, grab that chain and just yank it with JG on the end of it? So I, here here's my opinion. If, if we had spring ball, no, I don't think it takes four games at all. I really don't. Uh, but here, here's what I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's going to be if we can get a fall camp going here sometime in July, because I think they need an extended fall camp just to get everybody back in, in the swing of things. I think you're going to see, you're going to see the the trajectory of this quarterback room. I think JG has every opportunity to win this position with his coaching staff. That's no doubt. I mean, he he comes off the winning streak. I think they want to, they want to have some continuity and some consistency at a position. And right now, JG has all the continuity with the running backs, has all the continuity with the returning uh, pass catchers. And, and I think, you know, from an offensive line standpoint, there is a relationship there. What what at, what that looks like, I don't know. Uh, but I think you look at it from that standpoint, and J.G. gives you a lot of upside. Uh, if if Jim Chaney can do some, do some magic like he's done with Jonathan Crompton, uh, like he did with Jacob Eason, Jake Fromm, and, and company, uh, maybe maybe he turns into some uh, some uh, senior you know love story that we we say oh yeah we knew all along this guy was great. But on the flip side of it, you've got Harrison Bailey sitting there waiting in the wings. This is a guy that and he, when he gets the reins of this thing, you better hold on because he in three years he's going to the league, like five, it's happening. Five star. You can you can redshirt him year one, then you only get two years with him because unless he gets hurt, unless the game doesn't slow down for Harrison Bailey, he broke all of Josh Dobbs' records in the state of Georgia. He broke all of Matt Stafford, and 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 he he was one of those that that. And when you look at Georgia high school history, uh, this guy wrote the book. Like he's the cover boy for Georgia high school football, and and a state that's as talent rich as that is, that's a statement uh, that rivals you know Texas quarterbacks. That's things that rival you know uh, California quarterbacks. I mean. Uh, this is the real deal. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be one of those deals where if he gets the start, if JG's in there at game one, uh, Harrison Bailey's hands clearly on his lower back saying, let's see what you got, buddy. What I like about Bailey is, Wayno, well, he was committed to us for over 12 months, a solid year, and did not waver. It's coaches love competition. Um. A lot of people gave up on JG, but he came. Uh, Pruitt just showed how sharp he was. He said, "There's going to be a lot of games we're not going to be able to win without JG." And do you remember that Mississippi State game when everything really turned around? Uh, the competition in practice got better. Uh, he had a hand in every win. He started uh, for the listeners, kind of wondering about him. He actually started the last three games including the, uh, what, the Gator Bowl against Indiana. Hmm. But you and I, we just shook our head and rolled our eyes. We struggled all of last year, and we we basically ended up thinking, he, the young man has to overcome fear. He, he can't let it get in there, and you, you can't let the mind wander, a.k.a. Alabama game, in a super, super – our guys were hitting him so hard – I saw two or three instances Alabama players just turn around and they're like, why are y'all hitting us so hard? Dang. And then at a crucial time, he just his uh, focus and concentration just 
goes on a hiatus. Maybe that had something to do uh, also with, with his video and uh, throwing a little attitude out there in that first sentence. Yeah, I, I think J.G. needs to – if he can get it together between the ears, I think he's probably going to be a decent quarterback. Uh, I think he's got to make good decisions, get rid of the ball in a timely fashion. But honestly, he should be great. He's been in the system a long time. Now, honestly, if you look at if you look at, at Jeremy Pruitt's tenure, he's probably the most most most, I guess, un unhurt situation in the whole game because his wide receiver coach has been there for two years now. His quarterback coach has been there for two years now. And so that that dynamic is probably as good as anybody on the on the staff, maybe other than like offensive line. I think the offensive line coach is really the only coach that's that's still there from that initial staff. So he fell into the category of wasn't it three years and three different OCs? Yeah, yeah. And he, then the offensive line was so banged up, uh, we actually had to keep the tight end the block for him. This year, it's going to be a mirror, and it's saying you you don't have excuses, JG. Well, the only the the only excuse you can give him is. Jawan Jennings, Marquez Callaway aren't out there. But I, I think with Brandon Johnson, I think with a lot of those slot guys that, that were big-time contributors, it just, you know, when you needed to go get one, you're going to give it to number 15. Uh, I think I think they'll come out of the shadows. I think there'll be some nice pieces that, that we see that were, were instrumental in year one that'll be fundamental in year number two. So I, I think, J.G., the video was was saying, I'm here to work. I'm doing what I need to do. But I also think it's a, it was a little pointed that says, I'm still the, the, the King B. I'm still the one that, that's going to be here. I'm going to put you on the spot. There's one thing, no. one thing you and I drove us crazy. He would look, and then he would look, and you're thinking, what's that mind doing? Peyton Manning, that clock was ticking. He could tell you every fourth of a second. He knew when a guy was closing behind him, a guy on his left, a guy behind him from the right. Do you think J.G. this year – will actually get to the point where he's got the clock in his head. He does not stand there, focus, 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 get sacked. Do you think he'll get to the point where he can get rid of it? I think Jim Janey's looked at him and said, if I've got to put one around your neck like Flavor Flav, if that clock don't work, you're going to sit over here with me. I, 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 just, I hope so. Because I think that's that's the dynamic that we're missing. I mean, in Southeastern Conference football, it's not, like you said, it's not a second late. It's a half second late. It's a quarter second late. The the closing speed of Alabama, the closing speed of Georgia defensive backs is something that, that that's why they're drafted high in the NFL. Uh, they they know how to cover some ground. So you don't have you can't wait until they're open. And that's what he always wanted to do. He wanted to wait till they were open instead of throwing where they're gonna be when they're open. So no, I think that clock's gotta work and, and like I you know, I made a joke, but at the same rate if we've got to hang one around his neck and, uh, you know, for him to understand tick, 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 then then he's going to have to deliver. Because I think arm strength is not an issue with J.G. I think accuracy can be an issue at times. But, again, I think that's because he's throwing into rest. He's throwing late because he's on the run. Uh, so I think there's some fundamental things that can get fixed there. But I think adding the weight is good for his dual threat ability. Uh, I just hope it doesn't eliminate his scrambling ability. Because I think even in, in, a, in a time where – if if Cade Mays gets some clearance, we could be very good on the offensive line. There's still going to be opportunity when they bull rush uh, for JG to to make a big play with his legs. And when these speedy defensive tackles 
go behind you and they're out of your vision, that clock better speed up. I don't care if they're 295. They're sprinters. They're fast. Get rid of that ball because that guy's not going to stumble or over just his take, feet and fall down back Or there. just take off. Just take that, That's the biggest thing. When you're dual threat, there there are other options. You know what I'm saying? Like, go go run behind Trey Smith. You'll get a couple. You know, go go run up the backside of, of Cade Mays. You'll, you'll get a couple. You know what I'm saying? Brandon Kennedy will be back this year, so we're pretty excited about what that's going to look like. But anyway, uh, I just thought it was interesting. JG kind of breaks a little bit of a silence, uh, kind of throws out that video of him working. And uh, like I said, I, you ain't got to prove it to me, JG. I think you got to prove it to Mr. Cheney and Mr. Pruitt. I, I think those are the guys that are going to make that decision. And I think if you, you show consistency and a fire to win, they can't steal that job from you. Well, here's what I loved, Wayno. He he lost that job. Then he regained it. And then after that, he came off the bench, notched wins against uh, Mississippi State, South Carolina, UAB, and Kentucky. That's think, coming off the bench. Do you think there's any – Is there's he better any, off the bench? Well, I was going to say, is there any room for a multi-quarterback system? I'm not a fan of a dual quarterback system, but in that relationship, JG, you get him past the first eight or ten plays of that defense where they've scripted some things, he was a different quarterback. I mean, a much better quarterback. But now, again, he's had an offseason to kind of review and reflect, but, you know, I'm not opposed if we want those first four games, you know, because Harrison Bailey can play four games and still redshirt. Uh, we'll uh, we'll roll a little bit of dice there and uh, and see what we've got. Wasn't that amazing how he did so much better uh, coming off the bench? Just standing there relaxing, reading the defense without being back there and having people flying at you? I think it's and, – and I don't know the ins and outs. I don't know how many times they did this, but I think there's just a side of JG that is a different animal when that, when that no-contact jersey's off. Uh, I think in practice you can look like an all-star because you know they're not going to hit you, or if they do, they're going to get their, their lunch eat. And we struggle with that, Wayne. When I coached, the the right amount of getting a quarterback hit, you don't want to go into the first game and he's never even been tackled once in all the preseason. Absolutely, absolutely. But but at the same time, you don't want you don't want back then when when Daryl Taylor and Daniel Batuli they don't have a half speed. Uh, you don't want them. You know, you know what what you say the other week talking out of his ear hole. You don't want him talking out of the ear hole. Nah, like uh, Jack said. Jack's uh, Jack's guy comes back to huddle and. Uh, Where's that face mask? Oh, it's way over there. <laughs> Call it again, boss. But anyway, um, Moon, I just I tell JG, and this is this is from a fan's perspective. You you want to win? You want to win that job? Uh, be consistent. Show me that that you want to win, and show me that you're uh, you, you're ready to command this offense. I think that that speaks to me a whole lot more than that video. Uh, I think that's 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 kind of where it's at. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of firepower behind him to push, and we'll see what the fall looks like if we get a fall. Uh, to to see what that's going to look like, but we we love comparing the seasons we know and and realizing that Peyton Manning did not get to come in there. He didn't beat anybody out until there was an injury. So it's going to be fun watching Harrison. Technically, an injury and a choosing to play baseball. Peyton number three. So that's that's some food for thought. But let's take us a break. And listen to these fine sponsors. When we come back, start bench cut Wednesday edition. You don't want to miss it, but until then, you're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM. We'll be right back.
Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Rule King is your headquarters for power equipment like Bad Boy Mowers. Rule King and Bad Boy are excited to be a part of the great American comeback. And like America, Bad Boys are built to last. The Bad Boy Magnum 54-inch zero-turn mower is available for just $38.79. There's never been a better time to buy a Bad Boy. Check out the financing options on Bad Boys and other power equipment at your neighborhood Rural King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. Have you heard about or seen the Grand's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grand from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner, and you're listening to the Wednesday edition of The Grind. Boone, we got about 12 minutes to do a little start bench cut. I think it's plenty of time, don't you? Don't you? We are managing rather nicely compared to previous <laughs> attempts to shock the radio world. <laughs> Shocking, I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe strange is a good way to put it. But start bench cut, again, start one, bench one, and cut one, and I usually make it pretty difficult on old Booner here. But uh, let's start. we got three big topics to go with, and uh, we're going to start with one that I, I think is, is pretty, 
pretty fitting considering that that you know the last dance has kind of been going on for the last four weeks got one more week to go but it's a it's an opportunity to talk about a little bit of the batman robin the superstar and then the second player and one i think somebody's going to question the fact that i've got one of these guys as a second player but i have some reasons to validate my point uh best robin to a superstar scotty pippen to michael's jordan clay thompson to steph curry or Kevin Durant, however you want to look at it, or Shaquille O'Neal. I know a lot of people's like, are you serious? Shaquille O'Neal's one of the best big men ever. Are you going to put him as a Robin? He he needed Kobe uh, to do his thing in, in L.A., and then when he went to Miami, Dwayne Wade, that was Dwayne Wade's team. So, yeah, in my opinion, uh, Shaq can be a standalone guy. He did some of that in Phoenix. He did some of that in other places. But I feel like if, if you want to talk Batman and Robin – uh, that was Kobe. Kobe was Batman. Dwayne Wade was Batman. Would you agree? Absolutely. So what you got? Start bench cut. The pipmeister, the underpaid great in Chicago. Uh, do you have Clay Thompson, the soft-spoken, deathly shooter, or do you have Shaquille O'Neal, the biggest, one of the bigger big men in the history of the NBA? One quick question: When you said Robin, two superstar, do you, do you mean they were Robin? Then they. No, no, no. Evolved I, into a super, or you, you want to focus on them together with the other superstar being on their I'm team. not sure that's technically important to the question, but what I'm saying is is that they were the Robin in the Batman-Robin scenario. So Jordan was Batman, Pippen was Robin. Okay, I got uh, you. Thompson is Robin, Curry's Batman. Uh, I'm going to start the Shackmeister, Dale Brown's LSU stud puppy that wore us out. I mean, just he he wasn't there. Uh, first dominant figure uh, got better and better. Didn't get along. Both wanted to be the number one guy eventually. So I'm going to start Shaq. Uh, Pippen deserves a lot of credit, a lot of credit. I'm going to bench Pippen, and the Claymeister. I'm going to cut him. So so it's kind of interesting. We're we're very similar but somewhat different. So I started Scottie Pippen. You know why? Best bang for the buck. <laughs> yeah, you know where he got underpaid for so long in that first first deal. To me that in today's age that's that's a that's a guy that that holds out. That's a guy that doesn't play. That's a guy that does a lot more than he did with that injury and the and the surgery. So Hey, hey Wayne, oh, you know what's shocking? You're about to tell uh, me. They win it. They win number 4. Except, uh, idiot boy Jerry Krause says I'm going to get rid of my power forward, Horace Grant. He shipped him off to Orlando, and and Scotty became more of a pat on the back guy, and he wasn't as hard on him mentally. And uh, that triangle offense, they said it had never worked the way it did. But Jerry did him wrong two ways. He did not sign him to a long, well-deserved contract, and he got rid of the best player on the same year that Jordan went out chasing baseball. Well, I just think, you know, you look at it, he played both side, both ends of the floor. He, he had that killer instinct. He just wasn't as vocal as Jordan. Uh, so I think he played a great Robin. Uh, and that's the thing with these other two that you can kind of say Clay every now and again wanted to pep up and, and be the man. And, and Shaq, of course, had opportunities and, and in a lot of games was the man. But but you talk about Scotty. Scotty understood his role. 
uh, he played that role and, again, did it through some circumstance that uh, a lot of today's diva players uh, would fold the fold the cards and go to the house. So uh, I go with Scottie Pippen as the start. I'm going to bench Shaq, I, I think, because, again, you can consider Shaq a standalone player. Shaq's addition to your team was big. But you look at it, him and Penny in Orlando, you look at him and, and, and Kobe in L.A. or him and Dwayne Wade, in, uh, in in Miami, you could even look to him and LeBron James when he played in Cleveland for a year. So it, it's a situation to where this guy went and was Shaq wherever he was. And, and the thing is, is that means a lot when, when one of your five is about the size of two of the other guys. So I, I like Shaq on the bench. And then I'm cutting Klay Thompson just because in certain games, he may not even be number two for the Warriors. Uh, there's chances where he steps up and he's number one, but there's times where it was Curry, Durant, Draymond Green, and then maybe Clay. So I feel like his consistency and maybe the the company he kept in in Golden State um, pushed him on on the cut line. He had a wider range. He could also get hot. And he, oh, I mean, he's a he's a deathly shooter. Oh, I mean, he's one he get, of those. If you are are so terrible on defense, you do not force him to move his feet and get on another spot. You've had it. Hey, Wayno, about Pippen, he was such a devoted Robin when you when you bring that side of the story up. They drew up the play, and uh, Scotty was not given the shot. Uh, Phil Jackson says, we're going to have old Coot Coach over here shoot it. Yeah, I'm sure he loved that. <laughs> it fired him up so much, he just took himself out of the game and sat there and would not even go in. I think what he was thinking, and then Phil went over to him, he said, are you out or are you in? He said, I'm out. I think what he was really betting on was Phil would actually change the play and let him shoot it. But he was just <laughs> devastated that he did not get the chance to put the final nail in the coffin. Well, and, and you know, I think I think sometimes you got to play with what people know you're going to do. And, and so Scotty was probably a more likable, likely suspect. So, uh, again, but uh, that that's the start bench cut on that. Here's the off-color one, the one that we just kind of throw in there. Um, I feel like it's kind of springy days. You know, it's almost picnic weather, right? Right. So one thing you have to line out if you're going to have a picnic or have a cookout is what side dish you going to bring, Boone. So start bench cut coleslaw, potato salad, or pasta salad. I just wanted to keep it in the salad category. I could, I thought about putting potato chips in here, but I felt like it was a little it would have been a little slighted in this. So in that level of side dish, coleslaw, potato salad, pasta salad, start bench cut. Simply because of the dill pickle and the the mustard and just the tang the charge in your mouth i'm gonna have to start potato salad i'm gonna bench coleslaw because it goes good with chicken fish different items and tony i probably kill me here he cutting pasta salad yeah tony would probably jump all over that pasta salad but uh, i've just i've always the true southern foods i guess is all it is the potato salad and the coleslaw are, are my go-to's so, so I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost reverse. <laughs> I'm almost reverse. I'm, I'm starting my mother's pasta salad. Cause really that's the only pasta salad I ever eat. Well, so, I'll, I'll have to taste that. And you may, I mean, it's a game another changing. fan here. Tony, Tony, there's still hope for Boone. He hasn't had my mom's pasta salad, but here's the thing. I'm starting pasta salad cause my mom makes the world's best. And that's just where that goes with that. I'm going to bench potato salad cause my brother actually makes some great potato salad. He, he, uh, a little more salt, a little less mustard, and it's pretty pretty fantastic. And then I'm going to bench coleslaw because I worked at KFC as as a young kid and made it in the uh, 
in the 20 gallon tubs there's just something about it when you make it with uh with elbow length gloves that you just don't <laughs> care for it anymore so that's where my start bench cut goes on that but on the fat finale Again, broadcasters, radio is kind of our game. So I wanted to throw this in there. And I think this one's going to be hard for me. And, and I would think it would be hard for you, Boone. Our last start bench cut of, of Hump Day Wednesday edition. Top Tennessee Vols color guys. Oh, color this, this analyst. going to be interesting here, man. Color analyst. Tim Priest, current mm-hmm. color guy for, for Bob Kessling. Bill Anderson, the long 30-year veteran uh, color guy with John Ward or money, Burt Bertelkamp, sidekick to Bob Kessling on the basketball side of things. Start one, bench one, cut one, Boone. I'm going to start Tim Priest. They came out what? With, <laughs> hear me out now. He has 18 interceptions in his career. He's a little guy. He's probably 160 pounds. He played a lot more muscular back when he played with Fulmer and those guys. This is totally on their broadcast prowess. You know that, right? He has 18 career interceptions. Number one all-time. No one uh, – Eric Berry came close. Uh, I love how he'll – he will call us out on defense against Alabama and Georgia. He will – I'm always hoping the head coach just has an earphone and listens to him. He will tell you what's going on that's killing us. I love that critique part of it. I'm going to bench Bill Anderson. Why? He played for Lombardi. He has a Super Bowl trophy with the Green Bay Packers. His final game was the national championship game. His final game was with our man, John Ward. I love money. I like his uh, breakdown of the defenses, but it's it's just the competition and the way uh, I brought up and with these guys I was brought up with and I'll listen to more games. So I'm I'm gonna completely turn script on you. Uh, I'm I'm doing it from a fan's perspective. So I want who makes me feel good in the booth. Again, I, I like Tim's interceptions. I like the Lombardi hit hitch. But I'm talking about what's he sound like on the air. Who who gives me the best warm fuzzies? I'm gonna start mm-hmm. Burt Bertelkamp. I'm starting money because there ain't no doubt about it. Burt gets on the air. He's for Tennessee. Orange words are coming out of his mouth, and he is not happy when he's not happy, and he's mad when he's mad. Are you saying you can feel his passion? I think he he dislikes Florida and Alabama as much as I do. That's what I say. And here's I love Burt Bertelkamp, and I do that uh, for that very purpose. Tim Priest, uh, the reason I like him is because he does have that player uh, side of him. He can also – he relates really well in the locker room post game. He knows how to how to smooth it out when we've had a bad game, but he knows how to really church it up. When, uh, when we've had uh, a really good game and he knows how to dig in and say, what does it mean to beat Alabama? What does it mean to beat Florida? Those, those kind of things. So I think he brings that side of it. And again, he lets his emotions run over from time to time as well. And then I actually cut Bill Anderson because I, I, I think he did a good job. I thought he had, had a lot of good critiques. But with, a, with a, a, a front man like John Ward, I feel like uh, it's easy to put candles on a real pretty birthday cake. Uh, because it's it's just one of those deals that John painted the picture, and all you had to do was put it in the frame. And and I thought Bill did a really good job of that. But when you got money, and you got Tim Priest basically throwing his headset uh, when a bad call's made uh, against the Vols, I gotta love it. I gotta love what he puts on the table. So start bench cut. Money takes the start for me. But uh, we've run out of time, Boone. As we do each and every day, uh, we hit the top of the hour with Jason Swain on deck. 
for what is a long block of sports right here on WKVL. But hope everybody's having a good week. We're halfway there. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes, grind on.